0: Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon Alai. I'm sitting here with Dr. Frey at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey. Dr. Frey, good evening and how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. You know, I honestly, to be honest, I didn't think we'd be here this week. Neither um, did I, <laughs> which is
1: what makes it so great.
0: It's one of those episodes that just kind of happened on the fly. My wife was due a couple days ago and hasn't gone yet. So we're, we're, we're kind of hanging out, waiting. She's um,
1: respecting the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. She knew we wanted to get another episode
0: in, so... We're here. And tonight we're gonna take a little deep dive into the trenches, if you will, and gonna talk about some offensive linemen, defensive linemen in the NFL. Some right. interesting injuries. To start, we're gonna the biggest name that just kind of occurred would be considered uh, New York Giants outside linebacker and edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah um, recently just got hurt this past Sunday evening in the preseason game against the Bengals. And reports are that he sprained his MCL. So here we are, you know, I, I, we, we kind of talked this off air. We were kind of unsure if we really covered the topic of the MCL. I
1: could swear we did at some point or another that it came up like yeah. in, under the headline of one of our other bigger yeah. topics. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, we've covered the ACL a bunch. We, we've talked about that a few times and I mean, it's, it's. Kind of its own thing and you yeah. know, this is this kid here, Kayvon Thibodeau, is a young rookie for the Giants. He was the fifth overall pick this year, so it's kind of a big name. Big name, um, yeah. And a lot unfortunately, of prompts. Fortunately, you know, as an Eagles fan, I I don't personally care too much, but you know, <laughs> the New York Giants kinda got hit with the injury bug pretty hard. They got a yeah. lot of people going down and you know, this injury occurred, like I said, Sunday night against the Bengals from a questionably dirty slash low block. So that's kind of interesting, too. You know, it's just unfortunate that it the happened. The game is changing. The game, Yeah. And, you know, it's a cut block and it's something that doesn't happen as much as, right. as it used to. It used to be a, definitely a much more common practice. Could you play. imagine if this
1: happened on a quarterback? Oh, yeah. All, all someone has to do is you know, walk past the quarterback, oh, yeah. you know. like
0: They not, touch him the wrong way. They tap their helmet with their hand or something. Right. It's a penalty. And, I mean, I think the credit to that was... Probably Tom Brady when he got hit pretty low and tore his ACL and that changed the game up a lot.
1: As much as I hate to root for an injury, yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't too frustrated then.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, Everyone, but like, he's everyone's just so good. Oh. And of
1: course, he went back to being the amazing Tom Brady. Oh yeah. Right? Like, just-
0: and it's funny, we, we do discuss the MCL sprain and Tom Brady. It was reported that back when they won the Super Bowl with the Bucs, he played most of that season with a torn MCL or sprained MCL. Is that right? And so I I, I was kind of looking when yeah. I was kind of researching everything, right? Sure. Just looking up bigger, bigger names who had maybe this MCL in it. That was the one thing that came up. It was Tom Brady played the entire season with a torn MCL. And he, right. And he's he's always has the knee brace on. It's the same knee that he tore the ACL in. And right. So who knows what happened or... If it's true or whatever the case is but hey he did it right he did it yeah just he's something just, adds, he's unstoppable just add add more to the accolades of tom brady that's exactly right it's just another yeah. one yeah throw, so, throw it on the pile so to go a little history or kind of describe what happened here cave thibodeau like i said outside rusher who's coming off the edge and a tight end from the Bengals was coming across and who
1: was that tight end
0: tight end named thaddeus moss um, Moss is a common name in the NFL. And yes, that is Randy Moss's son. How about that? So interesting. And that's what, you know, when I saw the video, I was like, oh, I wonder who that kid is, number 81. And yeah. sure enough, it said Moss on his jersey. I'm like, is that? And then I yeah. looked it up, and sure enough, that is Moss.
1: Then you were like, hey, that was a dirty hit, must be. No, yeah. no, I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> right. So we had that. And he, I believe he was on the left side of the play, and his right leg got hit from the inside, and kind of that valgus loading, which is, for anyone who's listening, an outside force from the outside of your knee, pushing your knee inward, yeah. um, kind of making that what's called a valgus force and kind of the MCL is kind of there and it kind of takes that brunt of the brunt of it. So what are your thoughts on that and kind of how does that fit in with the anatomy and the function of that MCL there?
1: Yeah, you know, that that is the what I would call the sort of typical mechanism of injury you know the MCL is uh, is a ligament across the inside portion of your knee the medial side of your knee hence medial collateral ligament mm-hmm. and it's like a rope that goes from the end of your thigh bone to the top of your shin bone mm-hmm. and it tries to act as a restraint or to prevent those two bones from separating from each other just like you're saying that valgus force mm-hmm. you know almost like that knock knee position right uh, and so you know when we talk about ACL injuries you know the 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 common term we, we we frequently use is non-contact mm-hmm. pivoting injury. Yep. Now don't get me wrong, you can have a non-contact MCL mm-hmm. injury, but the most common way to get an MCL injury is, is exactly this. Yeah. Lots of times it happens in the trenches, just like oh, you yeah. said, where, you know, a player sort of rolls up, one lineman rolls up on the leg of a, of the lineman next to him, mm-hmm. forcing him into that like just like we said that sort of knee falling inward valgus as he yep. falls back the other way over the knee and yep. that ligament that rope that connects the inside portion of this the shin bone to the the inside portion of the very end of the thigh bone stretches partially tears or in the worst case scenario even fully tears yep mcl is really divided into to, um, two different layers two different mm-hmm. levels the deep and superficial mcl and uh the the, the injuries I'll, I'll say this. We'll, we grade them differently. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to injure a ligament in your knee, an isolated lig- ligament in your knee, this is the one to injure.
0: If you had to choose, right? Right. <laughs> it had to be picture perfect every time. Right. So, like you said, um, this one was uh, a contact injury, not like the ACL. Kind of goes back. I'll throw a couple other names, uh, just some other notable NFL names here. Right. Um, you know, a couple, again, linemen. Uh, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, Guard, Aaron, Stinney. Yeah. Just same thing i mean almost exactly how you described he got rolled up on on a play he was blocking running back was behind him cut away the tackler grabbed the running back's legs and the the tackler's whole body went into the outside of his leg rolled him up right you could just see that valgus force but
1: yeah and usually you see like the the, the player's face like as oh, it's happening yeah. like Aah! oh is it, yeah. Is it? yeah yeah
0: and it's always very very uncomfortable looking and unfortunately right. for him you know he kind of added the ACL to that too so unfortunately he's out for the season entirely
1: got, different beast, right it, changes completely. everything oh
0: yeah it changes everything so so kind of we can touch on that a little bit you know so mm you know, everyone hears these CLs, if you will, the ACL, MCL, LCL, PCL, all the, you know, major collateral or ligaments in the knee rather. So what makes the MCL, like you said, the the one to be injured? What what makes you say that?
1: Right. First, there are those four main CL ligaments, right? But but there's a big distinction. Two of them are your cruciates, your ACL and your PCL, and they're right in the center of your knee. Mm -hmm. And the other two are your Collateral ligaments, one the MCL and the LCL, one is on mm-hmm. the medial side, and the other is on the lateral side, the right. outside. The cruciate ligaments, when they're involved, t- they, that tends to be a much more severe or significant injury, mm-hmm. especially when it's the ACL, right? Oh yeah. PCL, surprisingly, people, at least the everyday average person tends to do, for the most part, tends to do pretty well, right. despite a PCL injury. Uh, ACL, most people wind up with the surgery. It's, oh, it, yeah. You know, it's not every single one, but few and far between. Uh, MCL, it, it is the one injury or the one collateral ligament that usually doesn't require surgery. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen in isolation, right? right. If you have the, an MCL injury uh, and you have an additional meniscus tear, which mm-hmm. is pretty common, or if you have an MCL ACL, which is unfortunately fairly common, right. and or if you have an MCL and you know, a patella dislocation or mm-hmm. or... A small fracture. There's a few other things that can happen. Then, then, then it's a it's a whole different pathway. But if it's an isolated MCL injury, yeah. number one, it's rare that goes on to require surgery. And number two, depending on the grade, they tend to bounce back pretty quickly. And when you do get back, you tend, for the most part, you usually get back to normal. Like like, right. like you weren't injured before.
0: Right. Right. You know. Right. So, to go off that, right? I mean, the reports are kind of coming out saying that he's, he's, Kayvon Thibodeau from the Giants is going to be out roughly three to four weeks. Right. The first NFL games are, you know, scheduled for about three weeks from now. Right. So, the the reports are speculative on if he's going to play week one or, you know, so with that, you uh-huh. know, just obviously, again, like we've always said, we don't have the real information in front we of us. We, know, right? we, don't we don't truly know. We don't get to know. do the
1: exam. We yeah. don't get to feel we, it, right?
0: Right. We don't get to see, we don't get to feel it. We don't get to see. We it. don't see the MRI. Right? right. So they're, they're saying three to four weeks. So what do you think of with that information? What do you think that, that in this injury is on the grading scale? How would you, yeah. how do you think that will work out?
1: Great question. So, so, um, typically the grading scale, scale goes the way you test the MCL or the integrity of the MCL, is that you place that exact stress, like we just talked about, that valgus stress across the knee. And typically you do it at 30 degrees of flexion. So you bend the knee just a little bit and then you place that valgus stress across the knee and you see if it opens up immediately, if if there's some laxity. What I always do is I I compare it to the other knee, right? So some people have some baseline laxity. That's just the way they're built. That's the way they're put together. So, so sometimes you'll do it and it opens up um, on the inside portion, you know, one, maybe let's say two millimeters. Mm-hmm. You're like, ooh, it's a little bit loose. We can get over to the other knee, which doesn't hurt and it's completely fine. It's never been injured. And it also opens up two millimeters. Right. That's a good sign for that right. particular exactly. person, right? So maybe they do have an MCL injury, but it's more of that grade one variety because mm-hmm. it's not a whole lot different than the other side. Right. And then with the way we grade them is typically if it opens up, Fewer than five millimeters on the medial side. And really up to about three millimeters is generally physiologic. Like that's not abnormal mm-hmm. for people to do that. So, but if it goes up to five millimeters, typically that's a grade one, a very mild tear slash stretching of that ligament. If it opens up between five and 10 millimeters, now now you're talking about a grade two. Okay. And then if it opens up more than 10 millimeters and lots of times, man, when someone has this grade three injury, like. There's no endpoint. It just oh, yeah. it just opens, and and maybe there is an endpoint. You just don't get to it because like so much. It's just going, and you yeah. and you stop because one it hurts, the per- two the person's freaking out, and three like you're like okay, I got my answer, and yeah. you don't have to go any more than that. Yeah. And then on top of that, in addition to that, normally also check them at zero degrees, a so full extension. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, if if their ACL is intact, or if it's a less severe MCL injury, that opening should be less once right. you bring them out the full extension mm-hmm. right and if it opens up similarly well one you're, you're worried about an acl injury right. in addition to the MCL injury mm-hmm. or number two sometimes the other way that happens is if there is what's called a posterior medial capsular injury or tear mm-hmm. and sometimes that if this goes on to surgery which frequently they don't but if right. it does if that's the case, then that's something that needs to be addressed right. out, uh, during that surgery.
0: So definitely, that grade three is almost a direct route to the surgical room for the. Not most. always. Not always.
1: Shocking. Traditional thinking or traditional teaching is grade right. one, grade two doesn't need surgery, right. grade three needs surgery. But in actuality, if it is truly just an isolated grade three and it doesn't open up in a full extension, it's you'd be surprised right. how um, a little bit of time and more often than not, they don't they don't want. So so traditional teaching, right? Grade one is surprisingly not that long. Grade one type tear is five to seven days, seven to nine days in that vicinity. I'd say seven days before returning to play Mm -hmm. about your average. Sometimes you'll brace that person. Sometimes you won't. uh, Frequently, you don't need to. Grade two is a little bit longer. Grade two is about two to four weeks. You do some physical therapy. I will almost always use a hinge brace. Mm -hmm. People will start sometimes in like an immobilizer, lock it out straight. I'm not a fan of that. People tend to get stiff. As quickly as I can, I go to a hinge brace, get them moving, but they they need that extra support. They need that hinge brace. They need that support. And it's usually, like I said, two to four weeks. Standard for Mm -hmm. grade three, non-operative management, takes a little while. To eight weeks, but most of them surprisingly actually get better without mm. surgery, yeah. and then so that's one of the indications for surgery when we go down the surgical road right, is right. grade three with continued laxity despite non operative management. Then you oh, go down okay. the road of surgery. So if their ACL is involved, yeah, surgery rate, right? You know, or yeah, surgery, but if the ACL is not involved, if it's if the posterior medial capsule isn't involved, absolutely. I think, and I don't think I'm alone here, pretty much every time, yeah. try it non-op first. Right. Most of them are going to get better. Sadly, not every single one. Right. Then you have to go down the road of surgery.
0: Right. So I think it's interesting Interesting you say that. It's definitely right. a learned lesson for me right here, right now, live from neck of the woods with there you. There you go. You know what I mean? Right, right. A um, little different than like, what right. traditional, traditional teaching has been. Traditional yeah. teaching. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, I think in my career, I've only seen one true, like I would venture to say it was pretty, pretty good grade three MCL right. sprain. And when I, when I did that valgus test, it was a lot of gap. And you're again, like, I was like, Whoa, <laughs> it's like you spend so much time as a student practicing on your classmates yeah. and everyone's got that good end feel. But yeah. when you get that one that opens up, you see that gap and your eyes get real big. And you're like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And fortunately, or unfortunately, rather for the, the athlete that I'm referring to, he had an ACL injury as well. And yeah. you know, we went down the surgical route and everything. And like then that.
1: there's a whole bunch of controversy, not controversy, but a whole bunch of different options for right. There's more than one way. Sometimes you do the MCL right up front, come back, and do the ACL later. Sometimes okay. you try to do them. Sometimes you, you brace them and wait for the MCL to tighten up and then do the ACL later on. And sometimes then that fails and you got to do both at the same time. So there's a number of different strategies for that, but right. that's a whole nother topic. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So we kind of touch on what you do in, in the exam room, right? You kind of get that that end feel. And, i mean we're talking nfl players right right there you know he already had more ed- like you know That's he already nice. had his mri the <laughs> mri was done already it was yeah. it was done sunday night probably yeah. is the mri needed for, per se for yeah. for this injury or would you think it's kind of? yeah
1: I, I do think an mri is a, is a necessity for this mm-hmm. type of an injury you typically have an idea of what's going on before you send that person for an mri right. so you know standardly if we're outside of the nfl right the yeah. average individual the high school college football player um or high school college athlete even let's say or, or a regular individual something happens they get injured oftentimes you're going to go into the emergency room the uh, doc's going to do x-rays yeah. there are going to be some things that actually show up on x-rays sometimes mm-hmm. that can be indicative now on the x-ray if it's really a high grade injury you can see it on x-ray the joint mm-hmm. line is not aligned it, right. it's, it can literally be opened up right there mm. on the x-ray and like a little oh yeah right yeah but oftentimes that's not the case right, right. um uh, sometimes it can pull off a little piece of bone and that's mm. a little bit of an indication that there's that this is going on but usually it's going to be invisible on the x-ray right and then last times that doc uh the er doc will put them into a put them in a splint right in right. an immobilizer, and then they say you got to follow up with the orthopedics and the person comes into your office we do our exam, see where they're tender. Mm-hmm. For the ones that pull off of the femur, off the okay. thigh side, those ones tend to heal better. better. The okay. ones that pull off of the shin bone, the tibia, where it normally inserts or attaches mm-hmm. to the shin bone, they can heal, but they don't heal as predictably. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's also something called a stener lesion okay, or a stener type lesion. Stener lesion is something we, we talked about, actually, uh, the onoclateral ligament of the thumb, okay. where yeah. the where the ligament flips onto the other side of one of your tendons and then it can't heal because it's blocked by that other tendon. Right. So that actually happens with an MCL uh, in, in your knee where, where if you have a real bad tear of your MCL where it tears off of the tibia, it can sometimes flip onto the other side of where your hamstrings come down and attach right. your your peasant your, your serine. And when it does, those ones don't heal. Right. And thus, those ones do go on to require yeah. surgery yeah. pretty much every right. single time. Even if it doesn't do that, still tibial sided ones tend to heal less predictably than femoral sided ones. Right. right? So, so that person comes in, you know, I check them, I poke, see where they're tender, I check to see how loose the the knees. And then usually I'm going to send them get an x ray. Another big distinction here, and it's going to be a factor for some of the stuff we talk Mm -hmm. about later, is that frequently, surprisingly, these injuries often don't wind up with a big swollen knee, right? Right, Like mm-hmm. ACL tear, swollen knee, right there and then. Right, yep. Meniscus tear, swells usually the next day, the next by the next morning. Right. PCL tear, swollen knee, patellar dislocation, swollen knee, all the other stuff. MCL, knees, the knee itself looks a tiny bit swollen, but not what we call an effusion. Not swollen right. inside the knee joint right. because this is a ligament that is extra articular. It's not inside the knee joint, it's on right. the outside of the joint capsule. So, so oftentimes there's, their knee is not super swollen. Hmm. And so that's another indicator for us like, Hey, they're super tender over the, over the MCL that knee, they don't have a big effusion. You know, you start thinking, yeah, probably an MCL, you're grading it by how much it's opening up, but still nonetheless, with this particular injury, send them to get an MRI because Absolutely. there are multiple associated injuries that you can see with this frequently.
0: Right. right. So it's kind of touch back What you kind of gave a little foreshadowing there is um, we kind of already touched on Tom Brady and it's, kind of unfortunately related to him again. Right. However, to go back to Tampa Bay, their center, starting center, Ryan Jensen, has been out for a while with a, with, an, <laughs> with a knee injury. <clears throat> and it's only been disclosed or reported as a quote-unquote knee injury. Um, he's been seen walking around in the knee immobilizer, and there's been a lot of... Um, Brace
1: or an immobilizer?
0: I only saw a couple videos online of yeah. him walking on the field. It looked like he had an immobilizer on. He oh, was, was kind of straight. However, they've been saying there's no... Direct report on what he what he had done they're saying the MRI was kind of inconclusive because there's a lot of swelling and they're kind of waiting for that swelling to go down Um, I saw some things online today that they're hoping is just an MCL injury and that he may be be able to get back because he still hasn't been put on the IR yet when he first got injured it was oh no. Tom Brady's center might be out for the season. Right. So that's kind of a big deal because, you know, Tom Brady's getting up there and he's 40, 45, 46, or I think he's 45. Right. And his interior lineman, we already talked about Aaron Stinney. He's out for the year. He was right. going to be a starting guard for them. And then, you know, the center is also now in question. But right. the speculation wow. is he's not on the IR. So he's not ruled out yet. They, yeah. They didn't put it on there, but they're saying, you know, his knee injury. Could be the MCL injury, so he could be one of those things. But however, like you said, it could go in
1: a number of different directions here. However,
0: there's reports that his swelling is kind of interrupting a lot of a lot of this uh, diagnosis here. So just
1: like we just talked about, right? right? Like like so so typically an MCL, an isolated MCL, it'll cause some soft tissue swelling. So Right. right, like there's a little bit, and like when you look at the MRI, you see on the MRI there's a fair amount of soft tissue swelling over in that particular area, but. Um, On clinical exam, there isn't usually with this injury, unless there's an additional injury or it's a really bad MCL, um, there usually isn't swelling inside the knee joint itself. Now, you know, I'm sure that NFL football linemen, his knees aren't in great shape going into it. He has some underlying arthritis. You know, his knee now bends in a way that it's not supposed to. And maybe that causes some intraarticular swelling but right. that's an ominous sign man it's yeah. really truly he has a big effusion inside of his knee mm-hmm. and I don't know that's what he has right but if he does that's an ominous sign that this is not just purely an MCL right. and you know you know joke around a little bit here and there but you never want to wish injury on, on even right. on your you know like the, the guys that you don't like the guys that you know your your nemesis to sort of speak. <laughs> absolutely state. but wow you know that they're Tampa Bay is a great team right yeah there's no no question about it they still have Tom Tom Brady uh, sort of Leading the team, this that could be a big hit, right? Tom Brady's not the same player if he doesn't have protection.
0: Right. I like, mean that's what even even when in doing the research pre show, it's kinda of one of my favorite parts about doing this is like right. looking up all this stuff, diving in the internet, see what's going on. Right. And um, oh, another prominent name of uh, I believe his first name is Jeff Saturday, former uh course, yeah, former center for Peyton Manning, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. He it's went on a forever. rant. Yeah, oh yeah, he went on a rant about how you take away Tom Brady's interior lineman; right. he's a different player. He, yeah, he's, he's going to be rushed. He's going to, you know, it changes the game a the, lot. The
1: only, I feel like through his career, the only teams that have been able to shake him, even just the slightest bit, were the teams that were, have been able to get a lot of pressure up the right. middle, so that all of a sudden he was he was looking down just a tiny bit, you know, right? You know, like taking his eye off. And, um, yeah, no I wonder, I wonder if it could be impactful. Right. I know you're checking all this stuff out cause you're getting ready for, <laughs> for our draft. I know, yeah. I know the real reason, <laughs> right? You, really got, you gotta, gotta this. see all the angles here. Right.
0: And I mean, it's, it's interesting. And again, this, you know, kind of go back we're kind of in the trenches, right? These, yeah. these linemen are, you know, some people don't have a big name. They're not the most know, important part of the game they Unfortunately, no. they are very important. You know, I'm, I'm a little biased. I played offensive line in high school. Like sure. we talked about off air and like, it's, it's, it's a respectable position. You go through a lot in there and. Right. Sometimes these things happen and, you know, they just think, oh, we can just replace him with the next big guy. And it's like, no. yeah, but that big guy might not be able to block as well. Not the same. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a
1: skill. It's a talent. Yeah. It's a gift. There, it, there is. It takes skill.
0: It, it does. And it, it's been kind of interesting, too, is a lot of these big guys are going down with these knee injuries and right. whatnot. And then you kind of tap. And speaking it. of which, right,
1: like, so that's why it's, it's, it's when you watch football, typically, especially the offensive line, right? Yeah. Everybody walks up to the line. You take a look at them. Every, pretty much every single one of them is wearing a brace, right. right? Like So when we talk about bracing, we talked a little bit about it when we talked about ACLs and whatnot. Right, right, but right. this is the one thing, the one place where research and data has shown that it, it makes a difference, right? Oh, like yeah. People who wear a brace are less likely to have an MCL tear. Right. And the line and football linemen are so susceptible oh, to yeah. this. That, that you know you see it in, in especially like this big time college pro, uh, program oh, yeah and it, definitely in the NFL pretty much every offensive lineman mm-hmm. is wearing this brace and oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not that they've had their knee injured they may have but but it's trying to protect from this exact Correct. injury and it happens anyway despite the brace sometimes but hopefully that brace makes it happen less often than it would have otherwise. Right,
0: because you want to prevent it as much as you can. And, you know, right. like you said, it, it's very common to see. You know, it's funny. I was definitely in the, under this boat that it was like a rule nowadays in college football that you see. I mean, you see no, it. You, was, you turn on Saturday football. Yeah. You're going to see every offensive lineman out there with a, a knee brace on. However, you're watching Division One football, and yeah. these schools have a it's, decent amount of money. It's big-time programs right.
1: protecting their investments. Exactly. It's like the NFL.
0: Exactly. And, right. you know, I think... That being said, too, I think it also it's viewed as kind of a common practice. But however, these braces aren't, you know, they're not cheap, right? It's not like, nothing. You know, they're, they're.
1: Those guys aren't fitting into regular off the shelf braces. Absolutely. They've
0: they're, they're got tree trunks for legs. Sure. You know, they're, they're not small. And these braces are usually custom fitted. You know, they have to get a brace rep out there to measure them. I've been in Division One football setting where it, it's a whole day. You get right. all your linemen to come in. Everyone gets sized up. Yeah. Then you got to wait a couple a week or so for all the braces to come in. So sure. you got to make sure they fit right, right, and then make the adjustments, make on the them. adjustments, change all the pads if they're correct yeah. and all that stuff. So it's it's a whole business in that regard. But like you said, protecting your investment and protecting you know your knees and offensive linemen their their shelf life isn't isn't too too long. No, you know, and you got to protect them. And again, you look at Tom Brady's career. I mean, I'm sure without even doing the research, you got to look down on the line. I'm sure there's pro bowlers across the board. Almost all those years he won all those Super Bowls and everything. It starts with them and it goes forward. The game
1: starts in the trenches for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of good teams in the NFL that have been good teams for a very long time seem to know that. They seem to get that right. (laughs) Like They don't usually use their highest draft picks on the um, sort of the glamour position, right? Right. The skill right? position. Yeah. Anything like that. Now, of course, you, you need a good quarterback. Oh yeah. It all it all ends if you don't have a good quarterback. Um yep. So you need you need a good quarterback. But then after that, if you have a good line on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. it makes up for all these oh, all yeah. these weaknesses, right? Yeah. Like it changes I mean, everything.
0: again, you know, we talk about the championship teams winning. Um, another, you know, just to kind of go off the list that we kind of prepared for this, uh, the Rams just had their first pick in this past year's draft another one another one a right a, he's a right guard he had his ACL MCL friday night in the yeah. Houston Texans preseason game yeah. and when i it's funny when i looked it up it was like it was their first pick in the draft this year and i looked it up and i was like he's a third round pick that's their yeah. first pick and then i looked back and i was like oh yeah that's right they traded everything away to get matt stafford not a bad trade not Can't a bad trade it, <laughs> it paid off right but right. again you know, they got Matt Stafford. And they won the Super Bowl. You know, but now their future of these interior linemen are kind of just—he's hurt now. I, I don't know the status of all their linemen. I know they lost a big name, in, um, I forget his first name. but I know his last name's Whitworth. He retired. Right. To their, One of their tackles. Right. He, he played for forever. It seemed like in the in the NFL, he was all gray bearded and everything. Went in the Super Bowl. We're so. gonna
1: do a, we're gonna do a show specifically about that, and hopefully, maybe one day we get to it as well. Uh, yeah. Still, but yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean.
0: You know, he's one of the outliers. Like we talked about, the the, the the shelf life of those NFL linemen are very few and far between. I know right. he was a journeyman and that he lasted a long time. Yeah. And I think another big name for linemen, again, this shows if giving a shout out to linemen, is uh, Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns. He played for what forever. seemed like forever. Yeah. And um, he's a, I think he's a Cleveland broadcaster now. And Oh, is that right? Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. And he's, you know, another thing that's interesting too, is like these linemen, right? They play their whole careers are very, Big men, they're right? Very, they're three hundred plus pounds, right? But it's amazing when you come draft time and they're running these four, four two, four three, four Incredible. four. Incredible! I don't know if people realize
1: just what an amazing, how fast, athletic feat that is. Yeah, right.
0: And luckily, him post post NFL, he got himself in shape. He's a lot thinner now. He's right. much more healthier. He's like, yeah, the I hardest part was needs. just stop eating so much because I don't need to anymore. And it's just interesting that's these big guys they. Doing take, what they need to do for their yeah, job. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And and you know, and that's also something else I think that leaves them susceptible to some of these knee injuries, right? Like right. they're huge, right. immense people, right? So yeah. it doesn't take as much to kind of topple that. Right. And, I, and, and like we talked about, a lot of the injuries that we just mentioned, those are ACL and MCLs. Right. Completely different beast. Absolutely. And those guys are done for the year. Yep. You hope you're back the next year could be questionable mm-hmm. depending on whether or not the idea have the MCL fixed or not and then if they do get the MCL fixed there's a whole stiffness issue that you worry about right. which becomes a uh, which which sort of clicks up the complication board mm-hmm. there so so the, the guys that just have the MCL man they tend to bounce back and tend to bounce back quickly it tends to be one that you can recover from relatively quickly usually usually right yeah and get back to normal yep. maybe you're a little more susceptible for it to happen again but but in general you do you right. do just fine
0: you hope hopefully that you know i guess for any of the new york giants fans out there listening that you know there's there's a bright side to this and that right. you know Kayvon thibodeau should be coming back yeah pretty soon i mean there's a they give it a three to four week window yeah. three weeks is game one right so there's a chance that yeah. he's back week one and there's some reporting that he's going to go out and get a second opinion just to make sure a diagnosis was correct from a very infamous name in the NFL, Dr. Andrews. Who's like he's, he's not infamous. He's famous. Yeah, he's, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know so tons of people go down there. Oh yeah, and for good reason, right? He's a very well known, very Absolutely. well respected. You know, you know, when I had done my fellowship. Um, Uh, Patrick DeMeo was uh, was my my fellowship director Mm -hmm. he was in he was also the the, uh, team doc for the for the pirates and he would like like, he would bounce stuff off Dr. Andrews he would talk to him routinely like he's he's made himself like the dock of the docks, right? Yeah. Like, like, like so, so, and a lot of these players go down there. Yeah. I should also mention, you know, one of the things we talked about when you were going through the whole diagnosis process, you know, the MRI and the x-rays and whatnot, you know, we're talking about basically more of an acute setting. Right. On x-ray, there's something called the Pellegrini Stadia lesion, which okay. is, you, people can get this calcification uh, on the end of their thigh bone on the inside there mm-hmm. which basically goes into the femur Now we don't typically see it in that acute injury right. but you do an x-ray and you see that and that's an indication that someone has had this MCL hmm. injury and may have a little bit of chronic laxity so basically a little bone growing into where the MCL had torn off and then is scarred back down right. and you can see like almost like this little hook yeah. right there. So yeah, this that's one of the things we look at when we're going through our physicals and going through our exams yeah. and checking out. So probably
0: something that, you know, these and uh, these to be NFL lineman coming out of college going into the draft when they get their draft combine physicals. Right. They probably do all these imaging, they might see that and that might be an indicator. Like, oh I don't know about this guy. He's got some history here.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and unfortunately that's one of the ones where like if their knee feels nice and stable, you don't sweat it. Right. But there's a lot of stuff out there like that when you were doing it and especially when we were doing it with the AFL and doing with the soul and doing with the blackjacks. We would see stuff and people are like, how did you know? But right. but there are some telltale signs, man. Yeah. Stuff that we see and we know. Some
0: things scar up and they make a, they make a little telltale right. sign, like you said, on for, for the medical medical side of things. You right. kind of give it a little window into your past there. That's right. That's why we check. It. That's exactly. why we check. It. Absolutely. One last note for bigger names of uh, defensive lineman uh, or edge rusher is Chase Young, who was oh, reported boy. again. You know, this monster, this yeah. uh, he has... Um, he had his ACL MCL injury back in November. Right. Um, it just came out today again when I took a dive into the res- into the you know ESPN and everybody else that he got on the, put on the PUP list for the NFL and that means he's out until at least Week Five now. Right. So he's about nine months out. It's not. I wouldn't say it's common knowledge, but it's kind of it can be assumed that like nine that the nine to twelve month window from tends, the ACL
1: tends to be the the, the kind of the, the return the time, time. Right. right.
0: So he you no, know, so now he's going to be pushed back another four or five weeks here. A little bit ominous, not you know? not horribly so, right. but again, like we mentioned before, you got to protect your investment, man. Right? Right. was a, I believe he was the number one overall pick one year, or he, at least
1: he's 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 you know I think he was looked at, and again, admittedly, I don't watch as much college football as as a lot of other people, but right. you know, he came in with that like like not Lawrence Taylor, but like. Like that, like generational big time, talent, generational. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, absolutely, yeah, like legit. So you hate to see anybody sort of lose that potential to injury. So I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, him being delayed is being careful, being right. protective of yep. giving him every chance to recover. And, you know, truth is a little bit of extra time, if, especially if there was a little bit of extra surgery, wasn't just a straight ACL, right. you know, hopefully it's, it's just that. and right. Hopefully there's not more to this story.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's always fun going back to some things that we touched on previously right. and just kind of giving an update on It's like we just released the episode last week with Dr. Greenleaf. We talked about the spine, and the big yeah. name was Mike Trout. And it just so happened that the day we released that episode, he, he got back in the lineup and he right. went back playing. And so, you know, it's like, oh, man, I wonder how good he's going to be or whatever. So not the greatest I wanna outing. I want to remind
1: you that he's Mike Trout. 100%. Right. You got remi- to <laughs> remind yourself he's
0: Mike Trout, right? So just a quick little stat line from him. Uh, the night he returned he went one for four he did get a single however according right. to mlb.com it was the third fastest exit velocity of 112 miles an hour coming off the bat getting a nice uh, single there so right i think it's safe to say he, he's okay probably right yeah and then again just mike trout being mike trout kind of like we talked about before uh, just last night monday the 22nd He got a rare what's uh, a double hit on a a single. Double hit. A double hit. So not just two hits in one night. Two hits in one at-bat. He swung the bat, broke the bat, and the broken piece of the bat hit the ball again, blooped the ball over, and got an RBI single out of it, which is just, can the guy get any better? Is that Mike Trout
1: being amazing, or is that dumb luck at that point? Like, come on.
0: And it's just ironic, right? The guy hasn't been around for a while. Right. He does pretty well. He gets a pretty good... It is fast. the irony, like, just, of course, of course, of course, it's gonna of happen. course, he does, right? So again, just to kind of touch back on some topics that we previously touched on, just an update from. It's nice to see
1: that guy who is, you know, just one of one of the best players in the game, yeah. you know, bar none, without question. Another the, generational yeah, talent, right? Exactly coming back, and especially with the sort of the the uncertainty that. Shrouded this weird injury oh, right. as, as, as he had it, and the way it was being reported is going to impact the rest of his career. And right. Little... And I this, this is not to say it's not going to but right. but it's nice to see him come back and do pretty well with, as, as he does right. as and he returns and he's
0: the type of person who's going to do everything behind the scenes to make sure he's ready to go of course you don't you get know. to that level of you know right absolutely so I think before we go ahead and close out our tab here tonight we just want to give a sh- quick shout out and a thank you to our sponsors Reconstructive Orthopedics with our eight locations and focus on your approach for all your orthopedic needs the Energy Lab the region's premier sports performance center and destination located here in Pittman New Jersey and Neck of the Woods Brewing Company serving us cold beers through the whole podcast here in Pittman. And then lastly, Timber Rear Productions for helping us get this podcast out to you beautiful folks out there. Thank you and have a good evening.